Hello everyone. This is Shunali Shroff and this is Kiran Mandral and, and we, we are, are not, not your, your aunties. aunties. Hi everyone. This is Kiran Mandral and I'm here with Shunali Kular Shroff. We are chatting on Not Your Auntie. Shunali, you've had something really interesting happen to you this week. Your elder daughter has gone off to UNIV. How have you been coping? Yeah, it's a defining moment, I have to say, when your child leaves for university. I've had mixed feelings about this. I've been bracing myself for this moment and telling myself that I'll be really busy and all children have to go. But the fact is that this is the second time she's left home. The first time she went to the UK for a year. It didn't work for her. So she took a gap year and she was with us the past one year. And now she's gone to the US, uh, that to, to California, which is really the other end of the world. So the, uh, you know, distance has such a psychological implication on your mind. Because when she was in London, it didn't, didn't, did not seem far away at all. It's just a direct nine-hour flight, uh, eight hours actually. And I used to feel there was just a little time gap for three, four hours in the summer, a little more in the winter. And I never really felt my child was far away. In fact, this one time she called me uh, crying, sobbing on the phone. She was homesick. She was missing home. And I said, okay, get onto a plane tonight. And the same night, early the next morning, early next morning, she was with me. But this really feels like the good old days where your child left on a ship, you know, seven oceans away hmm. uh, to start a life somewhere else. And while telephones and FaceTime really does bridge the, the distance, but in my mind, it is that the finality to your child moving away finally, which I did not have when she had gone to the UK. So it feels weird and it feels um, very quiet at home. I have one child who is in the 10th now and her her schedule is too packed for her to really, you know, have that sort of time for me. So I'm going through a few existential questions now. <laughs> what are these existential questions you have to tell us? And how so I'm you? just thinking that, you know, parenting and our parents have done it and hats off to them. Uh, my mom doesn't even live in the same city and I have so much respect for the way she let go of us. Hmm, hmm. And um, we give birth to these children and our lives revolve around them. Everything, every decision we make is about them. Um, you know, I've been the school gate mother. I've been the mother in this long, long labor hours in the hospital, uh, you know, and with bated breath, I waited for this child to be born and then planned her birthdays and everything. And ultimately, you go through all of this journey only to send your kids out into the world to lead their own lives. I read somewhere, you never understand the hopeless, unreciprocated love a parent has until you become a parent. I know. It is so true. And uh, I completely get you. I mean, our parents were really brave. I mean, I would be traveling all over the place and doing all sorts of things. Yeah. And my we didn't even have phones at home. At, and your mother then. was a single parent. And she was a single parent and she was very cool about it. I think uh, now when I think about it, even when the child learned to cross a road on his own, I was hovering in the balcony to see whether he was crossing yeah. properly. Yeah. We've been that much of helicopter parents. That's I right. have the other problem, Shonali. Which is? Which is my son doesn't want to leave home. <laughs> so, <laughs> what a lovely problem. So, I envy you your problem. So while his entire class was going off for undergrad, he was, no. I don't want to go. Why you want to send me? I don't want to go. I want to stay here only. So fine. He's he did his college year. Now he's in his final year. And I'm like, beta, do you want to go for your postgrad abroad? No, I'm going to study for CAT. I'll study for CAT and then I'll see where I get into. 
this is lovely yeah but i think our children actually uh, should only go for post grad if at all yeah i think undergrad should be done here but then that's me i mean i'm sure other people feel differently about this my daughter will slaughter slaughter <laughs> me for saying this on you know in public but it's true yeah but uh, i guess children are different and i would really like him to go to you know be a little independent to learn to be on his own to get rid of any lingering raja babu syndrome that mm. might be mm. existing with him mm. which i'm sure there is i think he's going to live with you after his marriage also no no that has the been writing very clear. on the wall is clear no i have been very clear about that when he was little he told me once you know mama when i get married i'll go and stay away with my wife i said wonderful that's how it should be but when i get sick can i come back home oh and now those words will be with dread when i think about it <laughs> i really have to cut the umbilical cord and i have to cut it soon <laughs> uh, i think there's no rush really i uh, so yesterday my older one my husband's going to drop uh, my older one off so my younger one who's now a teenager and she needs her own space i haven't really seen much of her over the past few months because of her schedule and she's busy on the phone and tv or whatever So I walked into her room, and so we had dinner uh, together last evening, just the two of us. And then it was day one after Zara's left, you see. And and then I went across to her room, and I started stroking her leg and said, "Tell me how was your day." And then she started telling me about some, uh, you know, school stuff. Then she says, "You know, why are you sitting here?" <laughs> so I said, "I'm just chatting with you, bonding. We are bonding." So she said, "Hmm." She she's very mature and sensible. She's really what they call an old soul. So she said, "Hmm," and very telling. Hmm. So I said, "What does that mean?" She said, "Oh no, nothing." So I said, "Will you sleep with me tonight?" Uh, so her room is at one end of the house, mine the other. So I said, "Will you sleep with me tonight?" And she said, "I really love sleeping in my own bed." I said, "Oh, but you know, you haven't even tried my new mattress. It's really nice. It's like a hotel mattress. So I'm incentivizing her <laughs> bedtime in my room. I wanted her to just sleep there because I feel." because zara was leaving and i was obsessing over zara leaving i was spending far too much time with her versus rania uh, with rania so she says i'm sleeping with you tonight okay now you should leave so i said okay after two more minutes so she said you know zara was right she said after i leave mama is going to start obsessing over you <laughs> see these kids know us too well <laughs> firstly these kids are you know gossiping gossiping about me okay zara has told her that zara has often accused me of being obsessed with her and can you stop breathing down my neck this is the thing you don't have a life you're just so obsessed with me and she's now passed on this idea to my younger one that you're going to be obsessed with me but they're buying on point no If I'm not I said Rania I'm not obsessed with you I'm just being a mother and you see I'm leaving for Banaras tomorrow for 2 days she's going to be all by herself at home with the dogs and uh, so I actually wrote a post about it I had found my it from my birthday last week and I found a post uh, a beautiful card made by Rania which had a pie chart she had made this when she had been 7 se- years old and the pie chart said why I love you how lo- how so sweet so there was a big slice of it which said kindness Then a smaller segment that said "awesome," A W S O M. Lovely. Hmm? Then a very tiny one that said "angry" within bracket hardly. Okay. Then one that said "looks like Gal Gadot" within bracket pretty. Pretty. Nice. And the fifth one was funny. Okay, and she had made like a smileys uh, thing. So I had shared that on Instagram yesterday because it popped up in my Facebook memories. people were gushing over it and they were saying oh this is precious this is so wonderful this is so cute you're so lucky and then at the end of it by the end of the day i shared 
you know her lament that i'm i have started obsessing with her after her sister's <laughs> left so i said you know that was my reality then but a lot has changed since then and parenting is overrated as you and i have said before that uh, i see perfectly happy people who do not carry the ache of uh, an empty nest uh, or the ache of being rejected by their child or being dismissed you know i mean sorry i i'm just hogging the mic too much but is your child clean in the way he lives is he organized uh, do you have to set his closet for him how is his basic hygiene not impeccable but not uh, i mean he would not give a pigsty a run for its money okay but that's also because i am a mom who will say once twice and then scream till the plaster falls from the ceiling so <laughs> He knows uh, till what point he can get away with it. But does he it. sort out his own clothes, set his own cupboard? Uh, it's his job to keep his clothes by. It's his job to keep his cupboards organized. If I find his cupboards in a mess, everything will be thrown down, and he has to settle it. Who does? Who makes his bed? He does it himself. This is it. I've been reading recently yeah. that you know we all get part-time maids or full-time maids to do our children's beds, but the day you teach your child to do that, make their own bed, is when they get some discipline in their own lives. It's very funny. It's a small thing, but it does matter. You know, my husband has not learned to make the bed yet. Yeah, and I didn't want to pass that on. I mean, with all the other genes, I'm happy if he passes his trading skills and mm-hmm. his other sure. swimming, athletic skills, and all that. But please learn to do your own stuff. I think because he's living at home, I'm a little more concerned about the fact that he should be able to no, manage on his by himself if he's ever needs to live alone. But they grow up so soon, Shonali. So sometimes you feel that you know he gets up early in the morning at five thirty and he's rushing off, and the the bed sheet is left askew. That bichara yeah. bichara, but. One day you might do it, and the next day I'll be back to the barking. I know, mom. but you know, even if yeah. he does it once a week, I'm saying that I'm not very domestic, and I, you know, you lead by example. <laughs> you can tell your children to keep their room clean, but if you are incapable of doing making your own bed properly or keeping the room clean, and you're relying on house help to do that, I'm not saying I live in a pigsty, but I'm just saying that. And so I thought, you know, um, there really has to be a manual on parenting that should be handed over to you before you even plan to conceive. because these are things that i'm realizing now you know we will never be perfect parents we all hit the ground running and yeah. we in a way we will mimic or we will go totally antipodal to what our parents did with us yeah so my mother was big on the independence thing and doing your own stuff and i think i passed it on and i've taken bit of my mother-in-law's ocd for cleanliness and neatness mm. now after all these years mm. I hope I'm passing it on, but I'm not relying on it because I know right now he does it only because he's terrified that I'll mm, scream. Mm. I s- I did that too because my mom, t- you know, I was terrified of, you know, being yelled at, and that's how I uh, kept my room tidy as well. So if he does it, if I'm not around, if he yeah. is the same neat person yeah. when I'm not around, I don't know. Yeah, you know, uh, the other day because we are still uh, shifting between homes. Zara has had months to prepare for her, you know, uh, departure flight from here. And on the eve of this flight, I was carting her shoes and her hoodies and her jackets from the old house to the new one. I decided that you know, let her go without this stuff. I am not going to pack for her. But because she had some other priorities, which was social in nature, <laughs> I realized that if she doesn't take this stuff from here, she's going to make her father buy everything for her. So just in my husband's best interest, I went and got this stuff. I hope I'm he's sending grateful. her photographs of it from her room. I've laid it all out for her and saying, "Please tell me what do you need to carry." And she says, "Leave my room now." Wow. 
you will make a mess of it i'll decide what i need to pack i wow. said yeah when after your flights boarded so uh, i was complaining to my mother yesterday and i said you know i was i had a fight with her a bitter argument with her i how dare you speak to me like this uh, just uh, the the eve of a departure so my mom says that have you forgotten how you have been ah oh. yeah she said you know your your hostel room was a shame and uh, you you were a you know real mess to live with so you don't get to be holier than thou about you know how grandmothers defend their grandkids yeah you know it's karma coming to bite us on it, our butt it, it is so that time. little refresher course i got in how i used to be which i've you know very quickly forgotten sort of made me a little more patient but yeah this is this is where we are at and then today you know we are girls we share each other's things every time zara leaves home even if it's for a weekend if i cannot find something in the house i don't look for it i straight away text her have you taken <laughs> <laughs> so today as i was getting ready for this and because you know we do this little video thing i was looking for some uh, my my tinted moisturizer and i didn't find it and i texted zara i said you have taken away my tinted moisturizer not have you you no, have no, you have please send it back with papa and then my housemate found it for us oh lord and i promptly deleted those messages because i thought she'll say this is my day one and her mother started attacking me oh lord oh lord, yeah. lord, lord. So, so i i'm not the perfect parent i had hoped i would be either and uh, i haven't raised perfect children either so i think it's okay but it's okay we are all imperfect parents we and our kids flawed. are all imperfect and i think it's best that we stay that way i think it's lovely though uh, i say sorry very often mm -hmm. uh, especially to my younger one and even my older one sometimes i'm unreasonable with them Mm. and i scream at them i meet them at their own level sometimes mm -hmm. and i have no qualms in apologizing and letting them see that i'm just this hot mess because uh, i think at least i can teach them that it's okay to embrace your imperfections and it's okay to apologize since i haven't taught them much else <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think when they realize that we mess up it's good right. for them because it gives them permission to mess up too but you know there are so many instagram posts and therapists are blaming parents for every damn thing today and our children are reading those articles even if they're not on instagram there's far too much literature out there blaming our generation on being thoroughly imperfectly flawed creatures okay i mean they should just thank their stars they want raised by our parents who like you know hit first us. yeah hit first and ask later so i mean we at least get give them the dignity of an explanation and then an apology if we've messed up so i don't think they should be who's complaining who's a canadian comedian russell peters right ha ji he's the one who says that you're going to get it real bad uh -huh. that indian accent some somebody got yeah. yeah somebody got a get a hurt real bad it yeah. was like chitter every friday yeah. <laughs> like like the way we got castor oil it yeah, was chitter, chitter fridays <laughs> chitter fridays <laughs> to, to keep us in line for the but week but you know akiran uh, uh, the more i think about it the more i realize that this generation's turned out really fragile and i think that uh, we didn't do too badly you know we are pussy footing around them we are walking on eggshells around them because we're just so concerned about not hurting them and you know saving them keeping their self esteem intact but what we've done instead is that we've injured our own self esteem i i think i've been pretty brutal in the sense uh, i've not pussy footed around him no i think you've been good i, I don't know about good or bad but i've been brutal because i think if i don't harden him up for the knocks of life mm. he's going to go out there thinking the sun shines out of his ass and you know people no but kiran when you when he goes out with his friends and if he isn't back home on time do you still call him because he's old enough now does he say listen leave leave me alone he has a deadline and he knows he adheres to it 
if he crosses it, he has to inform me where he is. Right. And the rules are very clear. I don't know. I may sound like Edi. I'm in on the loose. But if as long as you're living in my house and we are paying for everything yeah, that you do. Yeah, that's what I say to my kids. You have to let me know where you are. You have to let me know your friends' numbers. Uh-huh. And if you're not, I have done this and I have embarrassed him. I have called his friends. Yeah, I've done that too. And I've asked his Krish with you. He's not answering his phone. Uh-huh. Then I get a very stinky call from him back. Say, Why do you call me? I know. They get damn upset about that. If you are not answering your phone and if it is past your deadline and if I have done, if I have been texting you and you say your phone is in silent, be prepared. Okay, so when he comes home after a delayed, dead, delayed by his own uh, volition and not without, uh, by informing you, do you punish him? Is there some, you know, some way in which you sort of uh, embedded into his head that this can't be repeated? I don't need to embed it. I think he's terrified enough of his father. So, oh. I think that uh, parents who can terrify the kids are doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it because he knows his privileges will go. The car keys will not be given and to him anyway. That's what I'm saying, na? Yeah, so he knows that and he knows if father gets pissed and off. And he doesn't then... bargain then? No, no. Oh, that's the hardest one no, huh, with my there's... girls. If I say next weekend, no outing, okay, mama. Then... And next Friday, they start groveling and mama, please, but everybody's going, but, but next weekend and next weekend and you know, I ended up relenting and my dad used to say, do not relent. And I said, Papa, but it's a birthday party. I feel bad. He said, the thing is, I don't want you to go on punishing your children. But if you stand by your word, you're letting them know that there's no room for bargaining. Otherwise, they will not take you seriously. And I've gone wrong there. Mm-hmm. Because they always find a way to bargain with me. But girls are so much more difficult. Oh, girls are much more difficult. I mean, we were all girls when back then. So we girls know. Girls are so difficult. Boys are straighter. You're right. They're easier to deal with. And they're easily manipulated and guilt-tripped. I know, girls manipulate you. <laughs> so, I know, I, yeah. I, I feel for you. Yeah. Raising two girls is not easy. It's not. And two girls and bitching you out. That is the worst one. I'm like, this is what I sacrificed <laughs> everything for. No, it's not easy. I know. But. I think but between having a child live with you and your child going away so far away, I think having a child live with you is a better option. Yeah, even if you're wondering if you have to take a hacksaw to the umbilical cord sometime, at the end of the day, they're there, they're in front of your eyes and you can yell at them any which time you want. Exactly. I overheard this very funny conversation. I was sitting at Soho House working on my laptop. There was this big family from Jaipur. There was some jeweler family and they were meeting the international buyer, an Italian buyer. It was a woman. She must have been procuring their stuff for some large store. So there was some big game going on over here. And the father uh, was telling her the son is about to get married. And the, she asked the son, oh, so I guess you'll move into your own home. And the son said, no, I want to only live with my father. She was really quite frank with them. And she said, but, you know, this isn't how it works in the West, even though she's Italian, so they're like us. But she said that, you know, I'm surprised that you wouldn't want to live in your own home. And he said... If I wake up in the morning and don't see my mummy and papa, then my day doesn't go well. Bloody hell. This is giving me nightmares. (laughs) Shunali, is that my fate? And this was a grown-ass man. Oh, Lord. No, no. Uh, And I was thinking, his poor wife, he wants to get up and look at his mummy and papa in the morning. No, no, no. But listen, you know, in a lot of traditional Indian families, but you know, when you become a parent, you think of things a little more selfishly. And I was thinking, I might even prefer this to sending my child abroad. At this moment, you might. Because you're missing her, you're feeling scared. Trust me, you want later on. Yeah. Yeah, at this moment, fine. But you don't want to be the 
face that your child sees first thing in the morning. I think I'm okay with my child going away. It's the worrying, you know. Uh, that is the thing that, you know, hoping that they'll settle well, they'll find the right kind of friends. That is so important. Sangat is everything, right? Yeah, but we plea bargained when we had kids, not to keep our hearts outside our bodies. I know. So it's something we have to live with. I know. And she'll be fine. Don't worry. All my friends who chose not to have children or who didn't get married, now they look at all of their friends who are becoming empty nester, then spending their days and nights worrying and matching their time and schedules with, you know, the day and night thing uh, based on where their kids are. They say, thank God we didn't have kids. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh, a couple of my friends have saved their eggs and they said, let the eggs be there. <laughs> <laughs> They'd save the eggs thinking that one day we'd go in for, you know, some artif- IVF or whatever or artificial insemination and have babies. Uh, but those eggs are languishing, yeah. fact, untouched. Yeah, they're, yeah. And, and that's Not how even. they intend to keep them. Oh, Lord. No babies happening there. Yeah. Huh, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm sure you wouldn't either. I don't know. No? I would be a very tough, I'd be a terrifying mother. And then they would live with me just exactly as your son is choosing to live with you. <laughs> I think on that note, we shall wind up this edition of Not Your Auntie. Yeah, this was fun. And with that, this is a wrap on this episode of Not Your Auntie. This is Kiran Manral. And this is Shunali Kulashraf. Write into us. Uh, tell us what you liked and what you didn't like. I'm at Kiran Manral on all social media. I'm Shunali Kulashraf on Instagram and Shunali Shroff on Twitter. See you next week. Ciao.